Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 1 to 8, the book of Mark, chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. I want to share with you just a few thoughts out of this particular passage around Christmas time and uh, just some really great ideas here about the good news of Jesus Christ. Who knows that it's good news? So it says this, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the paths for him. I'm talking about John the Baptist there. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You understand that was very radical in that day. No one did that at all, right? The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust. I'm sure maybe he, anyway, ate locust and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and, un- and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Don't you love that? Yeah. So I love the beginning of Mark's opening statement. He says, the beginning of the good news. You know, there's a lot of news these days. I didn't realize there are many different types of news. There's fake news. There's bad news. There's clickbait news. There's advertising that looks like news. There's personalized news. There's now news about news. There are bloggers who blog about the news. And then there are news readers that are becoming the news more so than the news itself. There's a whole new generation of journalists that are now the news more so than the actual news. We live in a world where we are bombarded with news. Not majority of it is good. I said last week that the word of the year, they reckon there is a word of the year, the word of the year is the word misinformation. That's the word of the year because there's so much misinformation that is out there. But beyond all of that type of news, occasionally, just every now and then, there is genuine, authentic good news. Beyond the noise, beyond the stuff that is out there beyond the four walls of this church, there is good news. You know, one thing about good news, if it's good news, if it's literally good news, then it will always be good. It won't change into bad news. Sorry, I got that wrong. I overprojected. Ever met with your boss and he said, well, we're doing really well. I overprojected. Companies that were thought they were doing amazingly well gave all their staff bonuses and then they realized they were going bankrupt. Got the data wrong, got the analysis wrong. Someone gave us the wrong file. But good news, real good news, always stays good. It's still good after the hype is gone. 
It's still good after you have, you've had time to think about it. You know, we live in a world of hype where, bang, the headline gets us all hyped up and excited, and then you look back and you go, it wasn't really that great after all. But good news, after you've had time to think about it, research it, analyse it, to see whether it's genuinely good news is still good news. This good news about Jesus Christ has been proven over thousands of years. It's news that is still good today. This was not news that was an overprojection by well-meaning people. The wise man who came to his birth didn't get the wrong file. They didn't go, oh, we travelled all this way. Sorry, we got the baby wrong. I heard the other day there were four wise men, but one of them got turned away because he brought a fruitcake. <laughs> that was my one of two jokes for the day. It wasn't fake news. Like a whole bunch of people lied about this event. The news was so true that it freaked out the king of the day and he did everything in his power to stop what God was doing. You know, it's amazing what you and I believe these days without proper investigation. You know, I read the other day there was an uproar about a Woolies cake on the internet a few weeks ago. Someone thought that Woolies had cancelled Christmas because they saw a cake in the cake aisle called a celebration cake. And so they thought that Woolies had changed the word Christmas to celebration to be a bit more politically correct for those people that don't celebrate Christmas. And that was uproar. Shut Woolies down because they pulled out a celebration cake. Until Woolies made mention that this is a type of cake that they have every day of the week called a celebration cake. Just in case there's a cake that you don't know what to bring to, you bring the celebration cake, just like there are celebration chocolates, right? But the reality is there was a complete uproar across the entire nation of Australia because of the humble celebration cake. Think about it. People get fired up. People get emotionally invested without proper investigation. And listen to this. And yet people find it hard to believe in the claims of Jesus Christ. Right? That have been investigated and tested since he came to earth. I call it selective hearing, selective criticism. We'll just believe the rubbish that the world throws out at us, but we'll be so critical about our faith that has got more substance, has got more strength, has changed the lives of millions of people every year, and yet we have got selective criticism, selective hearing. Many times we just hear what we want to hear rather than pushing through the noise and see what Jesus Christ has actually done for us. Last Wednesday, a passenger in a taxi was heading to the airport. He leaned over to ask the driver a question and gently tapped the driver on the shoulder to get his attention. The driver screamed, freaked out. He lost control of the taxi, nearly hitting the Skyway bus on the way through. He drove up the curb and he stopped inches from a large pole, almost killing both of them. For a few moments, there was silence in the taxi. The shaking driver said, he goes, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm so sorry, but uh, you scared the living daylights out of me. The badly shaken passenger apologised to the driver and said, uh, I didn't realise that a mere tap on the shoulder would startle someone so badly. I'm sorry, you're so sensitive. The driver replied, no, 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 I'm the one who's sorry. It's entirely my fault. 
Today is my very first day driving a taxi. I've been driving a hearse for 25 years. That was better than the, the fruitcake one. Listen, sometimes you and I are on autopilot, right? We're selective in what we receive, right? We, let me say that we can be a Christian for so many years and Christmas comes and we are on autopilot. Heard the same story, the same carols. Look, I'll be honest, I'm sick and tired of singing Christmas carols. <laughs> I'm really vulnerable here, right? I'm really honest, right? Three weeks in a row, I'm kindly done with the Christmas carols. Right? But the reality is, we can be on autopilot. This is not just another piece of news. We are not on a journey we're dead religion. We are going somewhere. This news has taken us on a journey of blessing and favour. And tonight, I want to remind you again, no matter where you are in life, no matter how many years you have been saved, this is good news for you and me. All right? So I want to give you a couple of points tonight. And uh, hopefully they'll bless you. The first one is this. It's not just good news, but it's good for you. It's not just general good news that's out there. Like the cat riding a bicycle. You go, isn't that nice? That's good news. <laughs> or the hamster riding a speedboat. Praise God, that's good news. You know what? All the stuff that's going on. Look at that hamster riding a speedboat. Praise God. It's good news for you. Right? You need to understand that it's good news that is good for you. It's good for your mental health. It's good for your social interactions with other people. Right? It's good for your personal development. It is good for your health and vitality. It is good for your love, your forgiveness, and your, for your compassion. If you want to learn how to forgive, you want to learn how to be a compassionate person, go to the Bible. Go to what Jesus Christ did for you and me. The good news of Jesus is good for you in all these different areas. It's not bad news. It won't cripple or hurt you. Right? The direct, direct opposite is true. It brings blessing and vitality to your soul. It's not going to put you in a worse place emotionally. You know, people came from miles to hear the news. The Bible says that all these different types of groups of people, the shepherds, the wise men, but when you read all different accounts of the, go of the Gospels of the, uh, of the birth of Jesus, and you see different slant in each and every one of them, what you don't see is you don't see anyone walk away disappointed. The shepherds don't turn around to one another and go, well, that was a letdown. The wise men don't go, well, can I have my gift back? Right? They were filled with joy. Why? Because it was good. It brought blessing and vitality and health to their soul. This news is good for you and I. You know, I do believe this, that one of the reasons the enemy fears the news is because he recognizes how good it is for you and I. It will liberate us. It will give you and I a greater sense of freedom in our lives. It has the power to change us. It actually has the power to shift immovable things in our heart. It has the power to get us out of depression. It has the power to rise us to a new level. You know, I've always wondered this. 
um, why Christianity, out of anything else that is out there, has got the most resistance and the most persecution and the most reaction when you talk about Jesus. You know, a few years ago, there was a guy in our church that just decided to put a cross on his front yard. Just put a cross on his front yard. He got so much abuse. There were people that were trying to take him to VCAT to pull that cross down. Just a simple cross. You mention the word Jesus, and the whole world is in an uproar. Come on. Right? You talk about anything else, you say that one name, and instantly there, there is this resistance. Right? We get ridiculed the most. The media pay us out the most, more than anything else that's out there. We get mocked, right? And I just wonder why that happens, because people are actually scared of its power. They recognise that the gospel actually does have the power to change people's lives. If people saw something that was inert, lacked any ability to bring change, they wouldn't care. They'd just ignore it. That's going to be nothing. People get nervous because they recognise it actually has the power. Come on, it actually has the power. It actually has the power. Change the world. The enemy gets nervous with these things because it's proven over thousands of years, no matter how many times society has tried to kill it, no matter how much persecution that has gone around the world for people in their faith, it just seems to keep to going from strength to strength to strength to strength because it is good news. At the heart of the gospel, church, at the heart of the gospel is not dead religion. It is good news for you and it's good news for me. Right? Number one, it's good news. Right? Number two, it was made for you. It's good news for you. Number two, it was made for you. Right? This is not news that is abstract that's out there. You think about all the news that you hear about, or the news that at times stirs you up and fires you up, and how dare they, right? But in the reality, it has nothing to do with you. Who get fired up about a, crisp, about a celebration cake at Woolies. Yeah, they haven't lost their job. Healthy. But they're irate about a Woolies cake. But really, it has nothing to do with them. It's not going to affect their lives in any way, shape, or form. Huh? The Bible says in this passage, the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, he's now talking about John the Baptist, I will send a messenger ahead of you who will prepare a way, a voice calling the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, and make straight paths for him. The message was made for you and I. And the strength of this message, the way that we receive it the best, is when we have a personal encounter with the Lord ourselves. The health of this news, the full impact of this news, church, is a personal impact. It's big, but it's intimate at the same time. It's global, but it's personal. Right? It's world-changing, but it's life-changing as well. You know, there's a lot of news that is changing the world, but it doesn't change my life. Stuff that happened in Europe, stuff that's happening in the Middle East, it's changing the world, but it's actually not changing my life. It doesn't invade my world in a positive way. This is the point. This news is global, but it's very personal as well. Right? It has a personal impact 
has a personal impact. And it's not going to be received in the busyness of life. It's not going to be in the crowds that you will see its effect. But the full understanding of this news is when you get aligned with God to understand the good things that God has got for you. I'm convinced that many Christians carry burdens that they don't need to carry because they've never investigated for their own lives the good things that God has prepared for those who love him. So they just go on feelings, they go on emotions, they go on what's out there in the media, they go on having conversations with other people, but they don't really go after it themselves. They don't pursue, God, what are you saying about me and your word? What is your attitudes towards me? What are the things that you have provided for me? What are the things that you have prepared for me in advance? What are the things that you want to give me as a child of God? We never pursue it ourselves. And so we never fully understand the full impact and blessing that this good news can bring into our lives. And the Bible says of John the Baptist, if you were to take layman's terms, it says prepare the way, clear the way. Basically, what was John the Baptist's purpose? To clear the pathway for Jesus Christ to come. Because he wanted to make sure that Jesus was not just another voice, he was the voice. And so he went in and he did something completely different. He said, listen, this is not about ceremonial cleansing. This is not about religion. This is about a heartfelt commitment to God. And so he started baptizing people. He started to preach forgiveness. And sorry, he started to preach repentance so that people can actually have a heartfelt change in God. What was the point? He was clearing the way so that people could have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ themselves. And I'll say this, you know, many times in life, the reason why we don't hear the good news is because we haven't cleared the decks out of our own lives. We haven't got rid of all the obstacles and all the stuff, all the clutter, all the noise, all the rubbish. Right? I find you get to the end of the year, you accumulate rubbish. Every year we do a clean out. There is rubbish that I never thought I had. How did that get there? I want to say this emotionally in our own lives as well. We get to the end of the year and we just carry rubbish. And so we fail to understand the full impact of the good news of Jesus Christ. In, I'm talking to Christians now here tonight. I'm talking to you that if you've known the Lord for a long time, often you minimize the impact of what Christ can do in your walk with him because you have stocked up your life with all the other stuff and rubbish. And if John the Baptist was here tonight, he would say, I've come to clear the decks so that you can see him in his most purest form. You know, Romans, love Romans, talks about this, right? Like all news, it comes in word form, word form in the word of God, word form in God speaking to you. This good news hasn't come from some emotionally fractured social commentator who's speaking out of his or her broken life experience. Notice that all the social things that we listen to come out of people that aren't really going well themselves in life. This good news has come from God himself, the purest being in the universe. Out of his word, you get new ideas, fresh inspiration. Romans 10 verse 14, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news but not all the israelites accepted the good news 
For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message, consequently, faith comes out of hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Jesus. Think about it. Back then, the New Testament wasn't written. They were literally speaking this stuff out. Now, we have the written word. We have the written New Testament. Back then, they didn't, right? People were speaking about God. They had to make sure that their lives, that there was, a cl- there was no clutter in their lives so that they could speak the word of God effectively, yeah. boldly, with great purity and the way that God wanted it said. Yeah. Your ability to affect mankind and other people comes with your ability to make sure that you have cleared the decks, got rid of the clutter out of your own life so that you can see Jesus Christ in his most wonderful and purest form. Right. You know, the good news. It's not bad news. It's not news to cripple you. It's news for you. It's news made specially for you. Can I encourage you this Christmas, personalise that that news. Make that news personal for you. Make it personal about what you're going through right now. You may be going through a hard time. God, you've got good news for me. You may feel that God has left you. No, Christmas reminds me that he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. God, I thank you. There's good news that you are always with me. You feel like you failed in life. You feel like that the enemy has come, that you are defeated. No, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. It all started back then when he was born all the way through his life and gets to the end. He rises again from the dead so that I know that I'm not defeated, that I'm, not the, that I'm the head and not the tail because I know what God has actually done in my life. You know, and I want to pray tonight. I'm done. I want to pray tonight that as we come into this Christmas season that you let the baggage go, that God begins to clear the decks in your own life so that you can get a fresh revelation of God so that you can come to a place in God that you can get the full understanding of what God has for you and I. Can I encourage you over this Christmas break, why don't you dig the well with the Lord to find out the good things that God has for you and I. If you're relying on a Sunday sermon to get you through your walk with God, that ain't going to happen. right? But your walk with God on a regular basis is going to build something in you that gives you a revelation that He is always with you that he never leaves you nor forsakes you. I want the musicians to come. But I do feel tonight, as I was preparing this message, I do feel tonight, as John the Baptist came to Jesus, I do feel tonight that God just wants to get rid of some of the emotional rubbish. Have you accumulated stuff this year? Have you built stuff up? Very hard for you to hear the good news? Is there so much noise going on with all the stuff that you have to do for Christmas? that you're missing out on the peace that God wants to give you, the joy that God wants to give you, you know? Is there stuff that you've dealt with this year that is still unresolved? I believe there are people here tonight, you're carrying burdens of unresolved stuff. Can I say this? It still may be unresolved coming into Christmas, but you can give the burden of that to the Lord. I'm telling you, happiness is not that everything goes my way. Happiness is understanding that there are many things in my life that are still God is working out. But the burden of those things, the burden of those things, I will not carry in them more, but I'll actually give them to Him. I want Him to clear the decks. I want Him to bring me to a place of great clarity, great purpose. So as I come into the new year, I'm ready for what God has for me. You know, even my own life right now, I had a massive year to be digging the well, started to read about creation again you know going through the seven days of creation you know before we knew God the Father God the Redeemer He was God the Creator okay He is not a reactive God He is a proactive God 
So next year, God does not want you to have a reactive year. He wants to have a proactive year. You are plugged into the creator of the universe. I'm already preaching another sermon, but you know, you know where I'm going. God wants to give you fresh ideas, new revelation. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.